Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello. Ladies and gents and boys and girls, welcome to Tales with Tear, episode 163B. We're humming along. Having a great summer. I hope you guys are too. Shout out, first of all, to Dave and Clara, to Steve Hanley, and to Charlie P., Ordered cameos from me, Dave and Clara. It's their beautiful wedding coming up. They're going to be together in wedded bliss forevermore as of next Saturday. So good luck, guys. couple from Minnesota that moved to Colorado. Steve Hanley, it's his birthday. Grandfather to Addison Weiler Fallon. Taught his nephews to skate. And uh, has come to St. John's a lot when he was a merchant marine. Many drunken nights there, it says. And uh, enjoys his time. enjoyed his time here. Now lives in Oak Point, so uh, Illinois. So shout out Steve Hanley. And, of course, Charlie P. Charlie P. is Barry Manilow's trumpet player, which was a wild request. Anyway, shout out to you guys. Thanks for ordering a cameo. And I uh, hope to meet you guys someday. Like I said, if I'm in the area, follow me and uh, come say hi. What's coming up here in Newfoundland for me? I've got the one and only George Street Festival starting on Friday. And I'll tell, why, why, I'll tell you why I'm looking forward to it this year. I look forward to it every year. So George Street is... For lack of a better way to put it here in St. John's, Newfoundland, a party street. It's much more than that, though. I often go down for a bite on the patio or green sleeves, as I often mention. Or uh, even a coffee, if you can believe it, on a patio somewhere. Um, I just like the vibe of downtown St. John's. Reminds me of Europe. I think it has a real different flavor. It's distinct. Um especially like downtown St. John's. If you come to St. John's, there's lots of pretty parts. And being the oldest city in North America, I mean, we go back over 400 years. So there's lots of cool sites, funny little tidbits. And uh, 
touristy things to do. And a lot of St. John's is older, per se. But downtown St. John's, things have been going on there for, like I said, hundreds of years. And for something that's been around so long, it's fairly similar. So, well, how would I know, you ask? I don't know. Pictures and shit. I don't know about 400 years, but, you know, for a long time, for the same families, uh, not the same, but, you know, many similar families and merchants and the, the way of life, the culture is, while always changing, there's been a common denominator that stayed consistent for hundreds of years. So it's a real cool, it's a European type of vibe. I remember explaining to a guy in Northern England, we were up there with Momoa and company shooting season three of uh, Frontier it on Netflix and remember I ran into a guy and he I was telling him about the history of St. John's and he said son that fence there is twice as old as that <laughs> I laughed I said I guess you're right Europe has a different uh, it's just a, you've got to walk around with a different understanding you know there's here in North America we're all I mean I love living here I love living in North America Narrow that down. Absolutely prefer Canada. And uh, I mean, I, I really enjoy the United States and the time I spent there. But I'm born in Canada and uh, it's not a political thing or anything. No one could argue guns and all that, but I never really felt threatened there. And it was a lot of chaos happening and stuff. And I never and I know all the political divide now and everything. But for the most part, I, I don't really I think. I think because I'm there all the time, I, I think kind of when you watch TV, it's like defined by the extremes. And I still don't really see all these extreme left and extreme right. Most people are like comfortably in the middle. And as they always have been, I think it's just an easy time to, you know, for, for, for social media, not only social media, but media to hop on things that might spread fear is a bad way to put it. I know people say the media does that. I suppose that's what ends up happening, but media to me, you know, most places across the world, um, focus, what's the word? Not, not focus on negativity, but a negative story will often, you know, like bad weather or murder or, or something shocking, right? Bad, crazy, uh, you know, bad and crazy. Yeah, it's tend to tend to absorb a lot of our public interest. I think that's. I'm assuming it's natural because it seems to go back. I mean, if. If you uh, think about it, think about even, I don't know how old you are out listening to this, but even your local radio or TV, something happens. There might be lots of great things going on today in your hometown, but if there's homicide or, I don't know, a train wreck, 
it'll like it'll it'll likely gobble up a lot of the news. But my point is, I guess, and for God's sakes, let's hope I have a point here. What is it? Okay, yes. My point is that I, I really believe that traveling is a great education. This wasn't the point I started with. I don't fucking know, but I, I know that, that that's what I believe because when you travel, you really see what goes down. And while some things might be indeed bad, some things might even seem hopeless. When you travel and you talk to people, you realize not so bad. Not so bad. Um, I do understand the reason that media tends to take things in a negative spin. Um, at least a curiously negative spin, but I think that's human nature. So anyway, um, yeah, what was I talking about? Anyway, wake up Terry. It's like six 30 in the morning. I just opened my eyes. We've Penny Lane and I finally, finally, we wanted a white Jeep for years and years. I don't know. I always liked Jeeps. And when she, she could speak, for some reason, she liked white Jeeps. So we finally got one. As I've mentioned on here, but we finally got one. I'm going somewhere with this. I slurp my morning coffee. Um, we're driving home last night. I'm not shitting you. It felt, the car felt like it was wobbling. The Jeep felt like it was wobbling a little bit. So we were at a stoplight. I got out. I looked. Felt like maybe there was a flat tire. No flat tire. So I kept going. Now, we were on a part of the road, you know, when you kind of turn off of the highway. And uh, for for those of you in Mount Perler, St. John's, I was turning on to Commonwealth Avenue from, uh, from uh, the uh, arterial there. So now it starts wobbling a little bit. And I'm thinking it's just, it must be just the road. And I've gotten out. I've looked at the four tires. There's nothing, there's no problem. Now, I didn't look closely at the four tires because the lugs must have been off my my driver's front side. Because we kept driving, we kept driving, and then sure enough, midway down Commonwealth Avenue, the fucking tire comes off. I mean, lucky thing we weren't tooling down the highway, I suppose. But of course, and at first I went, oh, that's my luck. That's our fucking luck, you know? But I always try to hesitate when I say that. There's people somewhere right now starving there's someone right now their leg is getting eaten by a tiger somewhere in the world that's happening someone's being told they had cancer someone is dying someone is watching somebody die someone is going bankrupt someone is being told they have a disease someone is being told their loved one has a disease someone is being told they'll never walk again and when you think of it all like that it seems like a really childish, fickle thing for me to complain about my tire becoming loose on my brand new Jeep. Right? Well, not brand new, but barely new. So it did happen. And while I fucking cursed for a few minutes, I thought about it. It was, it was actually a good... Um, it was a good... Uh, process in patience because I had my daughter with me. If she wasn't with me, I probably wouldn't have been a little bit more upset. But I thought to myself, what am I going to do? In two days from now, this is going to be 
I guess maybe even an hour, but in two days from now, I know that I'm going to look at this and I'm going to be able to look at it logically and uh, like I'm going to accept whatever the fate is with this vehicle. I think the tire just popped off. I hope I didn't fuck the axle or something. I drove it like, I mean, looking back, I, I must have driven it a mile. Just not knowing. It just didn't. I, I'm not thinking the tire is going to pop off. I got out. I'm thinking it's it, it, like I said, the tire might be deflated. Wasn't the case. Anyway. Um, so, you know, when you just skip that, breathe and say, okay, let's do some critical thinking, right? You get to that process a lot easier. I think when you just realize I mean, I don't know. It's a, I, I've got a bad temper. Our whole family has a fairly bad temper. So it's a lifelong, and I'm including, not, not just when you get bad news or like when I lose at sports. I'm sure that that was a big reason for my relationships. I mean, I've been married twice, and I'm not laughing at that. And it certainly didn't seem like that at the time. It's not like I'd come in and, the fucking lawn's not mowed and put my foot through the wall. Supper's not ready, you fucking bitch. No, I, I'm not saying that. I mean, but when you're, you know, you got a bit of a temper and you're younger, I, I think I, there's a lot to unpack. I think when you're 20, why did I get married at first when I was 21, 22, I guess. Uh, you're just not ready. You're in an adult body, but you're just not ready. So it was more that. It was more like just it's same thing with Danielle. I mean, we were thrown into this, you know, with Tyson had, had to gather his thoughts and his self after his father passed away. And then him and his mom got together and then Penny Lane, although a great surprise was a surprise. We were always kind of scrambling on our feet and a lot of that, you know, and, 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 and always we're, you know, looking for the next paycheck and, and both of us needed a steady job and we're trying. I went to school. I mean, I'm glad I went to school. It really did help set me up for the rest of my life, but, I mean, my family was supportive, but we didn't have a lot of money during that time. Student loans, man. And I was supporting student loans and senior hockey. And I had a family, four people, to support. And Danielle, you know, working when she could. And now, I mean, she does great. She's out running the Bridget Burr in uh, Canmore, Alberta. And that uh, comes back periodically. You know, obviously, I've got Shorzy in the podcast. and But it wasn't always like that. And when I just remember when there was tension, I just wasn't good at dealing with it. And again, not like fuck you, bitch kind of thing, but just miserable um, at times. Couldn't see the forest through the trees, just really hard to, to concentrate on anything but getting the kids to school and fed. And I mean, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, right? Because a lot of people know exactly what I mean. That's everyday life. But... I, I think more than anything, the breakup that I had with my ex, with Danielle, um, you know, Penny Lane's mother, I, I think that really helped both of us a lot. Like the process was over the course of, of years, first of all. And, um, you know, we just realized that we got more done when we were just logical. We critically thought things out rather than yell or freak. And we'd just been through so many bad times that we were numb to it. You know, we were just numb to it. Bad times, I don't mean hanging out either. I, I, it's hard to always sum things up. I don't know why I went there in this time. I don't, I don't remember how I got here. But 
I mean, in this conversation, but, um, you know, that, that's it. I think you just, when you have, when you're forced to work together, even though you don't really want to, I, I think it's impossible not to learn something, right? At least that's just my take. So I'm watching the major leagues last night. The ma- I'm watching the major leagues. Sound like some guy who's never watched sports in his life. Um, Anyway, I've watched baseball. It's coming down now, not to the wire, but definitely the wire and the trade deadline. Those of you who know who Shohei Itani is, he's um, one of the best pitchers and one of the best hitters in baseball. He's about to get traded, so it's a little bit of spice coming. The Jays, who I chair for being here from Canada. Um, not that everybody in Canada chairs for the Jays. My dad's a huge Yanks fan, and I grew up knowing everything Yankees because of that. But, uh, you know, who am I kidding? I go to Jays games all the time. I really enjoy Toronto. I'm Canadian. There's no Expos anymore. So I'm a Jays fan. Okay. But it's funny because as I'm watching, and I think it was, yeah, yeah, it was it was the Jays feed. So Buck Martinez was talking, and he was talking about, um, you know, load management and how that's become a thing in, in sports, in, in basketball at first. I think Kawhi Leonard might have made that a household kind of phrase. I think when the Raptors were, I think it was 2019, they won it, right? Uh, so when they were when they were going for it, Kawhi Leonard would take often take games off. How many did he play that year? There's 80, 82. Is there in a season? I think it's the same as the NHL, if not 80, 80, 82, 84, something like that. They're real similar to the NHL and the NBA. And I believe he played maybe 50. Okay, now, I could be slightly off on both of those, but it's that's around what it was. So he missed a chunk of the season, and whenever you asked the team or him at the time, it would be load management. So if it's load management, first of all, wouldn't you think, and I'm glad it hasn't really seeped into hockey, but, but before I actually get to the bottom of this um, or to my point, the other thing is, in basketball, you don't need to play game like leading scorer is an average. So I'm not sure the minimum amount of games you can play, but you can play 60 games of 80, and someone can get hundreds of more points than you. But if you get the if yours averages out to more, then you win. So first of all, that promotes load management, doesn't it? If I don't have to play all the game, like if you told hockey players all of a sudden. Whoever wins the scoring is going to get, it's going to be on points per game, not overall. So Connor McDavid, I don't care if you get 150 points. If Alex DeBrinkett plays 50 games and gets 110, 120, which won't happen, but I'm just hypothetical, he wins. I think that would promote load management, first of all. Okay. So. Meaning that if individual awards didn't matter if you played all the games and you could still get them, why would you kind of thing? Well, I would because it's it's for the fans, right? But anyway, I'll get there in a second. So you've – what was I talking about? Okay. Now, you don't really hear much of it in football. There's 17 games. I think football has just got to – figured out perfectly. I mean, I, I I would want more than 17 games if I played a sport. 
Hockey, I think, it, all things being equal, if we were just to start right now, I would think 82 games is too much for such a physical sport. And if basketball needs load management, then you know what I mean? Come on, give me a break. You're getting hit. You're getting slashed by a weapon. You're getting punched in the face. Games are three periods, lots of hits, lots of blocking shots, lots of bruises, lots of stitches, lots of blood, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears. Not like there's not in other sports. I just mean, hey, if we're, if we're talking load management, fuck, man, look at hockey. But I'm glad that most players don't go that route. Some probably do, and we'll never know, right? They're out for two months with a injury X. Really, it's not injury X. I mean, who knows? But it's become obvious in other sports. And Buck's talking about it in baseball. He was just saying, I think he was just talking about someone like a pretty good player, like, say, Whit Mer- Merrifield or uh, Kevin Kiermeyer or something. You know, pretty good players for the Jays. And he's like, you know, well, because of load management, we're going to give them games off here and there, or they're going to give them a lot of these games off. And they were kind of pointing to which games, Vladdy Guerrero and all, you know, and I, I get it. And baseball is 162 games. But first of all, to each sport, if, if all of your players are begging for load management and games off, maybe you need to reevaluate how many games are being played in the season. That's first of all. Before I get into, and obviously there's a level of this that players are just, what is the word, high, uh, high maintenance for sure, right? Um, you know, I got an owie. You know, those players exist. We're giving you $40 million fucking dollars, you would think. These fucking max players in the NBA now, man. Like, $30 million is low. So, like, you know, these... Yeah, for me, I'm a player. I mean, you're giving me that kind of money, I'm playing. You know, I, I mean, I would have to really, really, really be hurting not to play. Because I think part of it is for the fans, right? Like, it, and again, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't. There, there's not places that are would be advantageous. And you know, some people are playing with, you know, you got Austin Matthews out there with a ripped groin, and he comes back, and it's kind of acceptable. And there's three games left in the season, and they don't mean anything. Of course, I'm saying like just precautionary November. I think I'm going to sit out just because this year I think I need to play 50 games versus 80 because I might get injured. That's what I mean. And that's happening a lot more in basketball and baseball than it ever did. Baseball, it's, again, easier to kind of disguise because there's 162 games. But what I'm saying is, okay, let's say this. Cal Ripken. Now, anybody close to my age, definitely older, I'm going to go even like 10 years younger. You probably know who this is. He set the games played, the consecutive games played record, I don't know, sometime in the 90s. He was a third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles. His dad played, and his name was Cal Ripken Jr. I think it was 3,100. It was something like that. It was an insane amount of games in a row. But it was for the fans. It was for him too, but, but he wanted to do it. He didn't die. He played all those games in a row, and it was something for us to see. I'm watching the other day. There's a there's a game. I think it was against the Jays. It was. Ah, oh, God, I can't remember who, and I don't care to look into it right now, but it might have been Detroit. It might have been not even two weeks ago. There was a shared no-hitter. 
right? And everybody's kind of celebrating because we're used to that. Shared no hitter. If you said that 10 years ago, even people, what the fuck? Why, what, why did you take someone out? That means that whoever started the no hitter got taken out of the game. Okay. So I guess maybe in a new culture of sports and baseball, I guess we're used to that then a shared no hitter. But for me, yeah, and I, I know there's exceptions. And you might say, well, Terry, that particular game, the starting pitcher had a blister or whatever. There's an exception. Okay, but as a fucking rule, that happens a lot now. And and I, by the way, I don't know if he did have a blister. I don't even know who it was. I just heard the words. I, I don't even want to hear that anymore. Because I'm like, isn't that one of the things the fans want to see? Like one team gets to win it. There's 30-odd teams. One wins. One. So one team get the re- gets to reap the benefits. One fan base gets to cheer every year. Every 365-day cycle, one fan base gets to raise their arms in celebration. But the 30-odd uh, the other ones don't. So they need something to cheer for. Isn't that part of the sport? I want to see one of my starting pitchers throw a no-fucking-hitter. I want to see someone throw a perfect game. Right? So I, I just find it a bit depressing that we're getting there. And if we are getting there, then these sports have to reevaluate everything. Like, if there's a scheduled game, I want to see the best players play. Even if it's someone that I fucking despise, like Kyrie Irving. Uh, I still want to see the fucking guy go out there and play i want to see him ball i want to see what he can do the same goes for every every fucking team down the list especially in basketball there's five players on the on the court at one time well 10 but you know from a team and you know you you get your heavy hitters right if you if you're the raptors now it seems like you're in a bit of transition but i don't want to go to a game and not see scotty burns or pascal siakam i don't want to go to a Lakers game and not see LeBron. That's a bad example. LeBron plays most of the games. I still, I think, you know, I'm always a Jordan. I'm in the Jordan camp, but I am kind of coming. I hate how LeBron is just so me, me, me. He's so egotistical and narcissistic, and he acts like he's not. Like, he tries to pass it off like he's not, but it's just, it's, just, it's almost subconscious with that guy. Right, he's tweeting about his number and everything during the playoffs, and this is what I'm gonna look. Just fucking give it a rest, LeBron. Remember, he left left everybody hanging at the end of the year. Well, maybe I'll play, maybe I won't. We all know you're fucking playing. That's the one most obvious thing in basketball is that you're gonna play again. We know that, and you're gonna play again, and you're gonna play again. It's an unbelievable feat, but just stop pissing on my back and tell me it's raining, LeBron. Now that being said, he's a fucking charitable guy. And he's a great athlete. And while I'm not a basketball aficionado, I mean, I, I watch, I read. I, he's probably the second best player of all time, in my opinion. Now, before anybody starts yapping and sending me messages, I'll tell you the one thing. First of all, LeBron or Jordan did go to six championships and win them all. He didn't lose in the finals. One. But more glaring to me is that Jordan has 10 scoring championships and LeBron has none. I bet you none of you realize that. None. I bet some of you did. But that was what's glaring to me. 
Now, the all-time record LeBron has and everything, longevity something. Gordy Howe, there's something to be said for that. Be one of the best every year. Howe was, you know, all around, not really known for his scoring prowess like Lemieux or Gretzky or Orr, but he did win the Art Ross a few times. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. You know, I just pressed pause, and I'm glad I did because um, I would have been off base. Lying is a strong word because I didn't know, but I, I would have been incorrect in telling you guys that LeBron didn't win. So he won one scoring champ championship in 2008. Okay. Gordie Howe, by the way, six. I didn't realize that. Fuck, man. Gordie Howe's underrated. Well, not really underrated because I don't think he's better than Or Gretzky or, or, or Lemieux. But when you think Gordie Howe, you don't think scoring like that. But fuck, six scoring championships kind of changes my opinion on Gordie Howe. How did I not? I must have realized it. How did I not? have that ready to go in my mental Rolodex immediately. But anyway, um, I don't want to get all into it, but uh, because it's a side note, I think LeBron James is a fantastic. I just don't think he's Michael Jordan. Is that so bad, people? I'm going to get hate mail for this. Is that so bad that I'm calling him the second best player of all time? And somehow it has a negative connotation to it? Whatever. I like Jordan. Watch The Last Dance. I don't think there's any fucking pull punching uh, punches pulled with uh, with Jordan. What you see is what you get. You might not even like it. You might not like his competitive nature. He did have a way of, what's the word, being almost condescending to his teammates at times. But to me, it was always to win. It was never about, I'm better than you. I'm Michael Jordan. I guess subconsciously it might have been, I'm a better fucking worker than you. And let's not have it like that. Everybody can work. So fucking join me and let's work and let's win. Clearly it worked. And at the time, no one was really complaining. Um, and I respect him. And I just think he's better. I just think he's better. Anyway. What I'm saying is that I still want to see LeBron if I go watch. I want to see Kevin Durant. Right? I want to see Damian Litter. These players, and they're getting paid a lot of money. And you might argue that they deserve it. Okay. If they do, though, the fans are paying the fucking bills, right? 
Am I wrong? So, if you're not going to, like the Raptors aren't going to win this year. Right? Sorry to piss you off, Toronto faithful, but they're not. They're in some kind of weird phase in between rebuilding and going for it. And I think Masai Ujiri needs to, who am I to tell the only winning manager in the history of Canadian basketball, NBA basketball, what he's doing. But come on, I think anybody that looks closely would say, okay, at first, you know, we gave you a bit of leeway after the championship. Going out and getting Kawhi was great. You made some awesome moves. But last year, going for it was silly when you didn't have the team to do it. Now you got to figure out what you're going to do with the spare parts. Are you going to rebuild or are you going to go for it again, which I think would be silly. But in any case, I want to see Scotty Burns, their young, soon-to-be star. I want to see Pascal Siakam, an all-star. Okay? If I pay money when I get a ticket, and I pay hundreds of dollars to go watch. I want to see that. Right? So, it's become all about winning. And I suppose it always has. If you ask a fan or a player, they say, what's it all about? You'd probably say winning. But really, though, it's not. Some of it, at least, when you're talking about all this money, is about playing for the fans. Right? Isn't it? Ever see that basketball outfit, the Savannah Bananas? If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to YouTube, check it out. Why do I promote YouTube so much? Um, I guess it's a tool that I enjoy using, but I know that I've seen many, a mini documentary on Savannah Bananas, a baseball team that is all about the fans, and they sell out wherever they go, and everybody knows it's kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters for basketball. But clearly, right, the fans, and, and none of the Savannah Bananas are taking a game off for load management. None of the Harlem Globetrotters are doing the same thing, right? When we do these alumni tours, and I go out there and I skate around with Wendell Clark and Brian Trache and Ally Afraidy and Matthew Dandino and Patrice Brisebois, Ron Duguay and Darren Langdon, whoever it might be, and we do these alumni events, Shane Corson and Darcy Tucker. And the... Can you imagine if while we were on one of these tours, someone said, well, Wendell said, I'm taking the game off, load management. No, you're not Wendell because the tour is called Wendell and Friends and people are paying to come see you. I, I, I know that sounds silly because we're talking alumni, but if you really get to the bottom of it, who's paying the bills? And who are you trying to entertain? Of course you want to win. And we want you to win as fans. That's why we're watching. But of course, there's an element of let's watch our boys or our girls, depending on who you're cheering for, succeed individually. Right? Why did so many people last year, why were all the buildings sold out while Judge was going for his 62nd home run race or going for the it was the old record, right? The the, the non-steroid argue if you want. I know I'm going to get emails there. Uh, the non-steroid record was 61 home runs, Roger Maris. Okay. And uh, whatever you want to think of the steroids, whatever, just I think that was universally known. And so last year, 
a lot of people were waiting for Judge to hit that second 60-second home run. And they followed him on his tour to do it, and he did it. But that had nothing to do with the Yankees winning. And that was fans from other – that was just fans of baseball. A lot of these fans hated the Yankees. But his pursuit transcended the sport. And if he just started taking games off for load management, you'd say, are you fucking nuts, kid? What the fuck are you doing? Right? You might get a real injury like he got this year. Fucked up his toe. He can't. Sounds crazy, but first one I heard, his toes hurt. Come on. Cry me a river. But apparently, you know, it's a, it's a bad ligament when he swings pitcher to a guy six foot seven, right? When he, uh, six eight, when he swings, there's a ligament down there that's apparently flaring up pretty bad. So I know it sounds, it sounds chicken shit. It sounds wuss because it's his toe, but that doesn't really happen in hockey. Your toes in your skate. I've broken my toe outside of hockey and just been, I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything, but I could skate. There's a picture for those that of you that have skated, right? You, once you put it in the boot, you're not really using your toe, but baseball, that's not the case, especially if you're a power hitter. And it's that back toe. He's a right. He's a he's a right, right bat, and it's his right big toe. So pitcher, those of you that play baseball or even softball, pitcher taking that swing and the ligament in your big back toe being torn, it'd be hard to get that hole. That and he's like two hundred and fifty, sixty pounds, isn't he? Right. So I do see how the wear and tear would be there, and I'm not knocking anybody that's even remotely injured. I'm saying these games that people are taking load management or, you know, not not only before the game, but during the game when it comes to taking a pitcher out. To me, it just takes a bit of the excitement out of the reason we were watching the sport in the first place. Uh, I hope it doesn't trickle down, but I, I just don't see how it won't. And the only sport, oddly enough, that seems to not really have to deal with it that much is football. If someone takes a week off or game off, uh, you know, it's because they're hurt. It may, you, you might think the injury is ho-hum or, or whatever. You might not. You might think the person X, whoever it is that has the injury, might be able to play through it, but it's usually an injury. It's not like... Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, like, says, you know what? Give me a couple weeks off because I think I'm going to need him in the playoffs. But I feel fine, but I'm just not going to play today. You know, I don't really hear that in football ever. But, and I don't hear it a lot in hockey. I don't really hear it ever in hockey. But I hear it now a lot in baseball and basketball. And I really do think that uh, it's not going anywhere soon. And some fans... I'm talking to, there's going to be a bit, maybe, maybe you disagree with me. Maybe you're saying, no, as a fan, I want to see them win. And I don't really care. Now it probably comes into play. If you're not going to the games, if you're at home watching on TV and you don't have to pay, right. It probably, you probably don't agree with me, but then again, that means you're probably far removed and your fandom doesn't include sinking hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars into your team. Because if it does, and you're there live, especially picture people coming from Newfoundland, 
right? From here, we, we want to go to any major event, any major league sporting event. It costs a lot of money because we get to fly there in the first place. So I want to take my daughter to go see the Raptors this year, let's say. Okay, and Phoenix is in town. And I want to see Kevin Durant play. And I fly up, I buy my ticket. So my plane ticket for both of us is going to be the better part of a thousand bucks. I mean, each. So you're looking at two grand to get up to Toronto, return. Now we got to get a hotel room. Now we got to get tickets to the game. So for my daughter and I to go to one NBA game is the better part of four grand, right? Now we get there and we buy some great seats and I sit there and I go, Penny Lane, here we go. My favorite player is Kevin Durant. Wait till you see him play. She plays basketball. And then all of a sudden, he's not playing because of load management. What do you think of that? Right? Like, to me, I don't, I don't care if fucking Phoenix wins. If I'm a Phoenix fan, I want Maybe. But I'm paying money. And I flew up here. And you're telling me this guy's not injured, but he's not playing? Because the season is too long. Well, then the NBA got to do something about that. Right? And it's hard because people can just say, well, Kawhi could have said, well, okay, you don't want to let me go with load management? Okay, well, I got a bad toe. Okay, well, I got a full groin. So I think it's going that way. I think, like, my mind, part of my reason for, you know, I remember just being elated skating around Wearing that Habs jersey, even in the minors, right? We were the Fredericton Canadians. We'd go in and we'd sell sell out some buildings. Um, and I knew, like, I knew, or a junior, or you know, there's always games you can take off. You know, my draft year, I knew I was having a great year, and it didn't really matter if I played the last few games. But I wanted my 50 goals. I got a 28 seconds left in the last game of the season, by the way. But I wanted to do that, not for me, but, well, of course, for me, some of it, but for the fans and for my teammates. I didn't like coming to the rink and, oh, I'm not playing the night. Boys, yeah, I know we're playing swift current and it's going to go up and it's going to be a fucking war zone in front of that net. But sorry, load management. Right? I just, I hope it doesn't get to that. Um, but anyway, here we are. Now, I think I'm going to leave it there. Paul Romanuk, by the way, guys, a lot of people, I thought everybody, at least in Canada, in our, in our sports little universe in Canada, knew who Paul Romanuk was. Um, if you're just tuning in now, I had him on last week. He's real interesting. Um, if you skipped over it because you didn't recognize him as a hockey player, not that I, I haven't even seen the numbers. I don't know who did. I don't know who didn't. I assume it got, but I, I know that just being out on the being downtown this week and a lot of people, you know, now that being said, I remember like every time I go downtown St. John's, you know, there's a lot of hockey talk. It's great. But a lot of tourists at this time of year come to think of it. The people that were mentioning it weren't from Canada. They were from, uh, God. Oh God. Betsy. And I can't remember dude's name. A big fan. I think it was Tim. And I know you're listening. Betsy and Tim, I hope I got that right. I think you guys are from Iowa. Or wait, from Texas, but live in Iowa. Okay, I believe. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about. So guys, 
Um, I was trying to explain who Paul Romanuk was. Just listen to the interview. He's very interesting. He's a sports broadcasting legend here in Canada, but he has a podcast now called I Am The Walrus. It's a Beatles thing. And I, I tried not to get into that too much. I didn't want to alienate people, but I really thought it was an interesting interview. And I don't, I don't normally just say that about my own interviews. And I don't mean from my perspective. Oh, I asked him some great questions. I don't mean that. I mean, he's just a real interesting, articulate guy. I put up there with Ron McLean, Jeff Merrick, uh, uh, Elliot Friedman. I mean, when it comes to knowledge, a lot of people, if you don't like McLean or you don't like Merrick or you don't like Friedman, one thing you have to admit is that they're articulate guys that can really, they're smart. They're very smart. And they can deliver an idea better than most. And anyway, I get that sense with Paul. He's a real, not only a, a great guy, but a real interesting guy. So anyway, and on Thursday, we're going to have my old teammate, one of the toughest guys, honestly, I've ever come across in the game. His name is Darcy Harris. He's from PEI. And I had him on way back when, maybe in the birth of this podcast. When is that? I guess three years ago. I had Darcy on, but, you know, I went through, like, as I normally do, the, the chronological story of his career. So if you want to hear that, and, and it's very interesting because Darcy is a real, I mean, he was a one-punch kind of guy, too, and he walked on. And it wasn't just all about fighting, but he was just so very tough um, that it was hard to ignore. But a, a great 20 goals, 20 assists in the OHL, 200 penalty minutes, that kind of guy. And uh, a Prince Edward Islander through and through. When you think Atlantic Canada, you think Darcy Harris. When you think hockey player, you think Darcy Harris. Um, so, and now he's a teacher and a coach, and he couldn't be, uh, I couldn't be prouder of him. But now we get that out of the way, I can just ask him some questions about, uh, you know, about hockey, about life, about whatever. You've listened to my podcast. You know how it goes. I like getting those, I like getting people on a second or a third time because you can just kind of shoot the shit. Uh, whereas, you know, the first time you want to get that career chronological, like order of the career out of the way. So uh, anyway, it should be interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. And coming up soon, we got Jason Greger. We got Jeremy Roenick. We got Tiger Williams. I'm real excited. I love doing these um, alumni events because you get to really make a relationship with some legends that you wouldn't probably have had the opportunity to meet or even talk to otherwise. But anyway... I've got to go now. I got to take my bike and ride to Dodge City. Dodge City. <laughs> no, not like literally Dodge City. You driving for weeks. Um, I'm Dodge City is the name of a car dealership here in Mount Pearl. And get the bad news about my vehicle. I've only had it a month and a half. So hopefully, this is all taken care of. Should be, because tires don't normally just fly off cars while you're driving down the street, do they? wasn't my fault. I know that. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't Penny Lane's fault. So, anyway. Have a great week. George Street Fest is upon us. I will be in St. John, New Brunswick, August 7th to the 12th for the National Ball Hockey Championships. I'll also be in Buffalo, New York at the very end of September or August in early September for the World Championships. So playing for Team Newfoundland in August, playing for Team Canada in September. If any of you that are listening are curious, you want to come see some ball hockey or you want to have a chat about 
Shorzy or Chicklets. We got the big deal selects coming. Uh, yeah, you uh, stay tuned. Drop by. Come see me. Love to shoot the shit, and uh, you might get to see some world-class ball hockey along the way. And uh, there'll be load no, there'll be no load management in uh, those ball hockey tournaments. I'll tell you that everybody will be going hard, and as I mentioned, there'll be blood, sweat, tears, all of the above. A few broken bones, definitely some stitches, but at the end, a bunch of beers, a bunch of high fives, and uh, some exciting, rather friendly competition. But uh, ferocious, yes, but uh, all friends in the end. Usually that's the way it works. Not only in ball hockey, but in uh, hockey and in general. That's what I love about our sport. It can be vicious, but uh, there's also a respect that's goes on within the hockey community that even though it's vicious, let's all be friends afterwards for the most part. And uh, cheers to a beer. Anyway. Not only is that Canada or hockey, I guess that's kind of a Canadian train of thought. So wherever you're listening from, have a great weekend. And uh, stay tuned for more Tales with TR. If you're downtown St. John's this weekend, especially, and you want to have a beer during George Street Festival, go to the Bull and Barrel, go to Trinity Pub, go to TJ's Pub, Greensleeves Pub, the Martini Bar, and of course, Rob Roy Confusion. If you want to have a beer, go to Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, of course, Wedgwood Cafe. Now, there's lots of great patios downtown. Those are my buddies, and uh, they're my buddies for a reason, and I like going there. I wouldn't promote it if they weren't awesome bars. Each bar that I mention, trust me, has something different to offer, and I wouldn't just throw out there, throw it out there for a free tap, wink, wink. Uh, power conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. I'm going to send Penny Lane there now shortly after her soccer season. She wants to go and work on her quick feet. It's a great place to do that. People think power conditioning is only pro athletes, but it's not. It's all shapes, all sizes, strength and balance for the body and mind. Uh, I'm living proof that it is absolutely beneficial for the body and mind. Power conditioning, Rope Walk Lane. If you want to go to Mr. Lube, two locations, Torbay Road and Kenmount Road. Live, laugh, lube. Pitbull Pain Relief, the Pitbull or the pain sticks that just don't quit. Pitbullpainrelief.com. I absolutely love these pain sticks, and I've already used one this morning on my groin and on my calf uh, as I'm playing soccer, baseball, or soccer, hockey, and ball hockey quite a, quite frequently now every week. Um, and uh, as I say this, I'm about to go skate, actually. Uh, so I use them quite a bit, pimplepainrelief.com. They, uh, they really work, and I swear by them. True hockey, take what's yours, folks. Thanks for listening. Episode 163A. I'll be back in just a few days with episode 163B featuring Darcy Harris. So thanks for tuning in. I'll see you again soon. I'll catch you guys on the rebound with more great stories coming. Thanks. See you all again soon.